Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Coming up, we've got a huge show for you this week. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by Scott Hansen. You, of course, know him as the host of NFL Red Zone from the NFL Network. We're going to go around the NFL and uh, touch on some of the teams and the players he's most excited about this year, and we will get his thoughts on the 2021 Eagles as well. So all that coming up here in the next few minutes minutes of eye on the enemy plus i'm going to give you four big takeaways from the eagles second preseason game uh, that they played against the new england patriots this week a uh, pretty ugly contest and 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 you know, it's boy i tell you what you know these preseason games are ugly in and of themselves but <laughs> the game that they played against the patriots on thursday it could very well be the worst football game any team has ever played in the history of the world but uh we'll get into those thoughts here coming up in just a few minutes but first let's dive right into uh our guest and i've been looking forward to having him on the podcast for quite some time scott hansen is the host of the nfl red zone channel uh starting on monday on august 23rd and continuing through september 8th the nfl red zone channel re-airs each week of the 2020 nfl regular season a day at 8 a.m., 3 p.m., and 10 p.m., leading up to the start of the 2021 season. So that will be a whole lot of fun. Uh, make sure you follow Scott on Twitter, at Scott Hansen. Scott, welcome to Eye on the Enemy. How are you? Good to see you, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, just so your audience is clear on that, we are replaying yeah. each week of okay. NFL Red Zone from 2020 once a day, oh, starting man. on Monday. So okay. Monday you'll get week one, Tuesday you'll get week two, so on and so forth, all the way leading up to the season kickoff game, uh, Cowboys and Buccaneers. It's going to be fun to revisit that, and it'll get our juices flowing for the 2021 season. Yeah, man, I mean, because we've got a couple of fake games left, and then there's, I know, a little bit longer of a gap between uh, the third preseason game and when the real games kick off. So, I, yeah. I mean, that that's going to be really awesome. And so, um, you know, I think that uh, and with the NFL red zone, everybody that, that I talk to, it is, it is literally their favorite thing. I mean, and so it's become just this huge brand and, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta imagine that it might, it must be the most fun you've ever had working in your life. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It, it um, in fact, I, so I'm joining you from Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. Hollywood, Tinseltown, all that. And I've got buddies who are in various forms of entertainment, not sports broadcasting, whatever actors or singers or, you know, writers, producers. And I tell each and every one of them, I wish for <laughs> anyone who is in the entertainment sphere yeah. that they would have a vehicle in their career that the audience would just love and devour and have a passion for yeah. the way NFL Red Zone's audience is with, with, myself and, and our staff on NFL Red Zone, because we trust me, we love broadcasting it as much <laughs> as y'all love watching it. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the best product going right now. And so for the NFL season coming up here in, in 2021, it's another unique season. Obviously uh, the COVID pandemic is, is going to probably rear its head at some point during the course of the season, but so far so good on that front here in the NFL. I know uh, the NFL has really been strict about getting teams up and vaccinated so they don't have to cancel games. They don't have to postpone, have a lot of Tuesday games and Wednesday games and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully that, hopefully that will continue. But um, before we get into the NFL as a whole, I do want to get your thoughts on, on, the birds because i know you used to be with comcast Sportsnet in philadelphia so a lot of yes, folks sir. Who are eagles fans remember you from that yes sir and so um obviously that was a dream job that you had to that you had to move on from but uh with the eagles there's a lot of optimism growing among eagles fans i, I keep hearing it from the players in training camp and from folks who are watching the team over the course of the last few weeks and and i'm not quite there yet myself you know i i still okay. i still see this as a team that has a lot of work to do with a lot of question marks and a lot of unproven talent where are you at on the 2021 eagles just in general and as far as where they stack up in the nfc east Sure. Well, okay. Starts and ends with the quarterback. So Jalen Hurts showed flashes. Mm -hmm. And the more we watch the NFL in the last three to four years, the more a Jalen Hurts style of quarterback is, is potentially taking over the league. It yeah. is off script, busted play, out of the pocket. Can you throw on the run? Can you threaten to convert third and eight with your feet as well as your arm? In a, in a tenth of a second split decision once the drop back pass that was called breaks down. Hertz has shown so far in limited sample size that he is capable of those type of things. Now, can he also win from the pocket? Of course, is, is the question there. And can the offensive line keep him keep him upright and healthy, right? The Wentz's demise was obviously a good chunk of it's on Wentz, yeah. but it's also on the fact that he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL for multiple weeks yeah. last year. And even, even the season before. So Hertz, does he take a second year leap? Like you would expect a young player to, and then have they bolstered the playmakers on the outside enough? Devontae Smith's got to get healthy, obviously. Yeah. And Jalen Rager's got to prove that he's more than just a one-handed catch in, in a, in a, in a, in a joint practice, sweet catch. Don't yeah, get me no wrong. Doubt. Awesome. Awesome yeah. catch. But there are a handful of wide receivers in the NFL that can make those type of plays. It's like, can you make the two handed ones on a regular basis and do something with it after the catch? So uh, do they do that? And then the, the, the soft spots on the defense and they've been able to shore it up. Can they get to the place where they'll, they can win, they can win a, a 21 20 game yeah. or a, or a 17 16 game the way they would, they could win a 35 31 game. Okay. Now, last thing I'll say about them is this. If anyone disagrees that they are in the most winnable division in football, yes. I'd love to have that argument, yes. right? Yes. The thing was a garbage dump last year, the yes. division, right? We all yes. know it. We all, you talked about it every, each and every week and you've talked about it all off season. Well, what, what's, you know, how much, how much is different, right? So right. Eagles second year, Talented young quarterback, can they take that leap? Washington, who won the division last year, has Fitz Magic now mm -hmm. at quarterback and a good young defense. They're going to be dangerous this year. Dak Prescott comes back for the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys hype knows no knows no limits. Not only are people predicting, some people are predicting, oh, Cowboys for the NFC East, but it's they're going to win. They're going to win the Super Bowl this yeah. year. Yeah. Giants, we'll see. It's it's referendum time on Daniel Jones. Uh, and then Joe Judge, the clock is already starting to tick there a little bit with, uh, you know, with uh, his approach to 
trying to get to winning football. And then Saquon Barkley has to prove that he can stay healthy for a year. So can the Eagles win the division? Why not? Yeah. Why not? There's going to be tough, to, tough competition, Cowboys and, and Washington, I would think. But why can't they? And if they win the division, if assuming we are truly through the pandemic and we got a full house at the link, yeah. why not? Why not win a playoff game or two or shock people? Look, at if I sat here last year and I said, you know what? I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. I think the <laughs> yeah. Bucs are going to make a run through the playoffs and all the heavyweights they're going to go up against, they're going to yeah. beat them and they're going to roll in the Super Bowl. Even with Tom Brady on the roster, you'd have been like, yeah, man, this is the NFL. Why not? Why not any team? Well, and, and Eagles, sure. I'm reminded of 95 and, you know, Ray Rhodes' first season with the Eagles. That was not a team anybody expected to do anything. And you had a quarterback who was not awesome that year. Rodney Pete managed the game well. He made some plays happen. He made some things happen and, and was able to, to get the big scores when they needed him. They had a dynamic yeah. running back duo on Ricky Waters and Charlie Garner. They had some talent on the outside with Barnett, but Barnett was winding down his time in Philadelphia. So he was not the star that he was at the start of his career there. But they had a defensive line and a defense that was really carrying them throughout most of the season and took advantage of a week last place schedule that year. So you had all those different factors. And to me, I think that's the blueprint here. If Jalen Hurts can just can, can manage these games. And like you said, make some plays with his feet, make some plays on the run, be the dynamic guy. He doesn't necessarily need to go 35 for 42 for 350 yards in the pocket. He, he can do these different kinds of things. To me, it's really going to be on the two coaches. It's going to be on Nick Sirianni. How creative is he going to be? How inventive mm -hmm. is he going to be with his play calling, his design, how many two tight end sets he uses, how often mm -hmm. they go three wide, how they use Rager in the slot, all that. And Jonathan Gannon, who a lot of people love as a defensive mind and think of as a future head coach someday, he wants to run some kind of hybrid of 4-3-3-4 three, three, based on the personnel. The Eagles' defensive line is their strength. So to me, this season really rests on the two coaches in their first season here. And I think it's asking a lot for them to get them to the playoffs of two first-year coaches. But there is that – it's not a non-zero chance. You know, they, they have a chance sure. and can follow that script. Totally agree. Totally agree. Now I would say this, what you just said – on the defensive side of the football, that that the you know the front well front seven or specifically the line is the strength. Clock is ticking there a little yes, bit, right? Is. Brandon Graham's not going to be around forever. Uh, uh, Fletcher Cox is not going to be around forever. Right? Like you 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 want to you want to obviously you want to win every single year, but yes. you need to capitalize on those two great. Mm -hmm. I, I mean. Do people consider Fletcher Cox an all-time great Eagle yet? I mean, there's been so many great defensive linemen yeah. that have come through here, of course. But but he's one of, you know, he is a classic. He's one of the best Eagles of the last 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. You want to capitalize on that. And they've already won a Super Bowl with him, of course. And then Brandon Graham, man. Brandon Graham just comes and just brings it. And then what? Barnett is still there. Yep. And uh, Josh Sweat is the guy everybody's talking about this spring, is a guy who can make the leap uh, in his fourth year. I mean, I think he's a guy who most people think – if there's going to be a defensive player to kind of really jump to the forefront, Josh Sweat's going to be that guy. Sure. And he needed to be because, yep. you know, I mean, we, we have seen things out of him before, but it's, it's time. Like you said, right. fourth year, it's time to put it all together. So nah, Eagles fans get fired up. And, and by the way, shout out to any of my old Comcast Sportsnet either colleagues or, <laughs> or fans that might remember me back in the day. I loved working in Philadelphia, one of, if not the greatest sports town in the United States. And I've been to all of them. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. That's why that's, I live in Northern Virginia now. It's why I still do all this stuff with the Philadelphia sports teams. So once you get it in, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to get rid of it. So uh, let's look around the NFL right now, though. I, I, 
give me a, I mean, you see so many different players and so many different teams on red zone. Cause you're getting, you're getting the scoring plays as they happen. So yeah. you're able to see so many guys make incredible plays on, on a week in week out basis. Give me one or two guys who you are most excited to see this year. Hmm. I mean, the low-hanging fruit, of course, would be the two quarterbacks that faced off in the Super Bowl. Can Tom Brady still do it at 44 years old? And was this knee injury that now we hear about months later really holding him back from the yeah. early season? The Really, the first half of the season, they were kind of a start-and-go offense, right? Yeah. If that's true, and we all know he keeps himself in as good a shape as any 44-year-old that's ever played maybe pro sports, let alone NFL football, if, if, he, can, if, if he can still sling it, with the weapons that they have, oh, yeah. with Antonio Brown now still around, and we already know about Evans and Godwin on the outside, they've got a couple few tight ends that can play. Their offensive line is way, way underrated. The Buccaneers could be a they could be a they could be the highest scoring team in football this year. They could be points per game. They could lead the league in in points. Um, and then right after that, let's go back to Mahomes because <laughs> I think he's the type of guy who. It's the first taste that we see of him losing the Super Bowl and what type of a what type of a hunger is still there with Andy Reid and those guys. Usually losing the Super Bowl is kind of a death knell yep. to the next season, right? Mm -hmm. You're probably familiar with the, the statistics that say that the average Super Bowl loser doesn't even make the playoffs yep. the next year, let alone be able to get back to the big game or even a conference championship game. But if anybody can do it, it's Mahomes. I still think he's the best player in football right now. And then going back a couple of years to the guy who won the MVP prior uh, to that, Lamar Jackson, oh, right? Yeah. Lamar Jackson, contract year. And like, is his style of play viable going into multiple seasons now that he's a veteran starting quarterback and have the Ravens put enough around him to, to help him. They, they, they talk about their lack of weapons as much as Philadelphia Eagles fans talk <laughs> about lack of weapons and the, and the draft capital and whatnot that they have used to try and bolster that there. But those are, those are a few quarterbacks that I can't wait to see this year. And look at, I'm a guy who just roots for action. Yeah. I want somebody goal to go every moment of the seven hours of NFL red zone. Give, give me a surprise team this year too. I mean, cause we, we look at the Buccaneers, you look at the chiefs, you, you see, you know, you mentioned the Cowboys just a minute ago, they could qualify given their defensive questions. I mean, they, they haven't been to a super bowl since the Clinton administration. So, I mean, there is, <laughs> there's a little bit of a, an overdue sense of overdueness on, on the part of the yeah. Cowboys. You would, it, it kind of feels to me. But is there a team out there that's kind of lying in the weeds that you see could could potentially jump up? There's always a couple of those teams every year. Yeah, uh, I would say a team. I mean, I, boy, I just run run through them in my head, and there are, there's so many because one of the beautiful things that we love about the NFL is oh, you were you were a sub 500 non playoff team last year. This year, you can believe it, and there is precedent every year for worst to first to sub 500, to playoffs, to maybe marginal playoff team, to making noise in the playoffs, or mm -hmm. even challenging for a Super Bowl. The NFC West is murderer's row this year in the NFL. I think it's by far the toughest division. Whoever comes out of there either is going to be beat up really bad and maybe won't be able to make noise in the NFC playoffs mm -hmm. or will be battle-tested enough that they're like, you know, bring it. We'll go on the road. We'll, we'll, we'll win at home. We'll go on the road in January. Would it be shocking 
if the Arizona Cardinals hmm. made noise in the NFC West, and if they did, by virtue and extension, could they be a team that that makes noise in the NFC playoffs? It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. It's just like when I say that, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh man, the Niners are are back and healthy. The Seahawks won the thing last year. You know, it, it's like you you. It's so tough, but I I like what I saw out of Kyler Murray, right? D-Hop is one of the best players in the game. The acquisitions of of a couple of of old heads that that still have football left to play. A.J. Green, don't don't sleep on him. And J.J. Watt, man, don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on them. I'm not saying they're going to be all pros, but can can they adjust their mentality and not have to be the main man but be a man? Yeah, I absolutely think so. So I'll just throw out the Arizona Cardinals as a team that that uh, showed a little bit last year, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were a playoff team and maybe a noisy playoff team this year. Very, very interesting, because like you mentioned, that is a meat grinder of a division. But yeah. if they can come out on top, then you're, they probably are very well set up for yeah. postseason success at that point. Well, listen, folks, we are about a month away from the start of the regular season. And when that happens, you know you're going to be tuned to the NFL Red Zone with Scott Hansen. So again, uh, like Scott was saying a little bit earlier, beginning on Monday, August 23rd and continuing through September 8th, the NFL Red Zone channel will re-air each week of the 2020 NFL regular season per day at 8 a.m., 3 p.m., and 10 p.m. Eastern time. And that's all leading up to the start of the 2021 season. Folks, make sure you're following Scott on Twitter at Scott Hanson. Scott, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. I really appreciate it. John, great to be with you, man. Enjoy the season. And we will see you week one for seven hours of commercial-free football. Thought I'd throw that out there for your audience. Well, we'll step away, take a quick break. When we come back, my four thoughts, uh, actually the four main takeaways from the Eagles' second NFL preseason game, if you could take anything away. I think there were some nuggets in there uh, that we can look at, and uh, we'll do that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. And we're back with Eye on the Enemy. So, of course, uh, by now you all know the Eagles got trounced by the New England Patriots in the second of three preseason games the Eagles will play this summer 35 to nothing and so I've got I've got four main things here that I wanted to talk about with this preseason game and the first is nothing really matters with these preseason games I mean we're we're not going to learn a whole lot and especially in this game this really was one of the worst football games ever played by anyone I'm going to be that broad about it. It was a preseason game in which almost none of the important starters played. So so take that into consideration. And frankly, the most important development in this game that was played on Thursday is that no one important got hurt, right? The, the team is not nearly as bad as they looked on Thursday night, but they're also not nearly as good as the players would have you believe with how they're talking during training camp. The players and some of the national pundits talking about Jalen Hurts are really, I get that we're trying to be optimistic. We don't want to watch another season of losing football, so people are trying to talk themselves into this Eagles team being good. I hope they are. You know, I I hope, like I was mentioning with Scott just a minute ago, I hope we have a a 1995-type situation where you have a rookie head coach led by a good defense and some competent quarterback play can take advantage of a weak schedule and make the playoffs. I sure hope that happens. I just don't feel like that's the most optimistic, I mean, like that's the most uh, realistic route here. And the Eagles are not nearly as bad as they looked on Thursday night, 
but they're also not as good, I think, as some folks would, would have you believe. So I think during training camp and during these preseason games, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. I mean, there occasionally you can find something to grab hold of, but mostly you're able to make determinations on players who you know are not going to be a factor. And oftentimes the players who flash in the preseason don't end up flashing once the regular season begins. So that said, I, I do believe the people who were covering the, uh, the the joint practices that the Eagles and Patriots had this week, when they say that the Eagles played played better than the Patriots, I, I do get the fact that those were starters playing and they were calling plays and you know they were they were mixing it up. That was probably closer to a a real game situation than what we saw in the in, in the second preseason game because more of the Eagles starters played. You saw more of the ones matching up with the ones. And the consensus by everyone was that the Eagles were the better team on the field during those practices. Now, that clearly did not show up in the game on Thursday night, but I just feel like you've got to take these preseason games not seriously at all. And, and frankly, you know, Jeffrey Lurie should should not be charging people to attend these games. When you're going to put that kind of a product out there on the field, you know, coaches can put whoever they want out for these preseason games. They've got to get ready for the regular season. But at the very least, these tickets should be half off. You know, these tickets should be half price so that you can take families to these things and enjoy a football game without, you know, w- without paying through the nose. Because that was ridiculous. Anybody who pay, had to pay money to go watch that game should get a, a half refund, if not a, a full refund. But, you know, in this game, the Eagles starters, you know, they they didn't play. They didn't play at all. They had more of an impact during the practices. And so I'm not, I am not losing any sleep over a 35 to nothing loss in the preseason when very few starters played. I'm not losing a single wink and neither should you. Now, the second big takeaway is it was very disappointing not to see Jalen Hurts on the field in this second preseason game. I want to see a lot of Jalen Hurts in the preseason. If you think this offense can be productive, and if you want if you want this team to have a chance at winning this year, then the offense has to get on the same page. And I know that they say that that can happen in practices nowadays. All I know is last year, the Eagles and Carson Wentz didn't play a single snap in the preseason. With a brand new coaching staff and a rookie wide receiver that they took in the first round and a lot of young players, and they never were able to get it together. Now, preseason games don't necessarily mean anything, but they're different than practices. They just are. They just are. There's a reason you have them. There's a reason the NFL hasn't gotten rid of them other than receipt gates. I mean, that is a thing. Owners want those receipt gates, no doubt about it. But I do think there is some value in seeing Jalen Hurts on the field in a real game with Devontae Smith, with Jalen Rager, with Quez Watkins, with Miles Sanders, with his tight ends, and seeing seeing what we're looking at here so far. And because, you know, casual fans, we don't get a chance to see Jalen Hurts. We can see some of the highlights on Twitter that the beat writers send out, like Brandon Lee Gowton sends out a lot of good stuff, and Jimmy Kemsky sends out a lot of good stuff, and, and that's all great. But we wouldn't we we'd like to see Jalen Hurts on the TV too. So, yes, I, I get the reasons why they held him out. I mean, it sounded like that stomach issue that he had was certainly bad enough to send him to the hospital. Well, okay, I mean, that's that that's not ideal. But once Jalen Hurts was out, you know, it just seemed like the, the team didn't really have a reason to perform. So, And I do. I get the reasons to limit his reps coming up in the third preseason game. You know, I, I do understand it. I you, you, you don't want Jalen Hurts to get hurt because we all saw what Joe Flacco looks like now. 
right? We all saw Nick Mullins. If the Eagles season comes down to these two guys playing, you're going to hear Phillies chants at Eagles games. There's going to be a little bit of a role reversal, even if the Phillies end up falling on their faces, which it looks like they're going to do. It's going to be an ugly season. You know, if you've got if you've got Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins next uh, playing a, a majority of games this year, you're going to have a worse season than last year. You'll be lucky to win four games, all right? So it was a little distressing that Jalen Hurts didn't play, but once he was out, there was really no reason to start the veterans on the offensive line uh, that did not play. It, was, it didn't make any sense to to push the envelope too much there. And in that case, he basically just, you know, there, there was what you're looking at now is you're looking at, okay, who are the backups going to be? Who are the third stringers going to be? You're looking at the back end, and that, that, there's a lot of value there. We're going to talk about some of those players here in just a second. There's a lot of value there, but I really, I want to see as much Jalen Hurts in the preseason as I can get my eyes on. I don't think we're going to see him much in the third preseason game, but I do think he will play. I would love to see them play a quarter at the at the very least, if not a half, but I don't think I'm going to get my wish on that because remember, there's like a two-week break between the final preseason game and the start of the regular season. So you're going to have practices, sure. You're going to try and keep everybody sharp, but I just, I just wonder if it wouldn't, because there is that gap, if it wouldn't be beneficial to everybody on the offense if Jalen Hurts and the ones are out there for a significant portion of the third preseason game. Now watch, I say that, and Jalen Hurts tears his ACL in the second quarter of the third preseason game. You know, not, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But um, anytime you're complaining about your, your number one quarterback, and make no mistake, Jalen Hurts is the number one quarterback. You didn't need to see what Joe Flacco was on Thursday night to already know Jalen Hurts is the number one quarterback, which is why it doesn't make any sense to me why Sirianni and the coaching staff has been playing around with this. He's clearly the number one quarterback on this team. You didn't need to see Joe Flacco's performance to know that, but it does help reinforce it, doesn't it? Uh, The third big takeaway, let's do some stock up, stock down uh, from this second preseason game. Because again, there's not a ton you can take away, except maybe for the how some of these players were used in this particular game. And we'll start with Travis Fulgham. He's a guy I wrote about a couple of weeks for Bleeding Green Nation. It sure looks like he's on the outs with this coaching staff. He didn't play until the second half. He didn't do a whole lot when he was in there in the second half. You know, there are still lots of conversations about his practice habits, which just is befuddling to me. Travis, you're on the verge of being on the outside of this team looking in. What's going on, man? You're you're not a you're not an established star. If there are practice issues, you're going to get cut, dude. So I don't I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And with a new coaching staff in place, you know it's not the coaches. You know that there, there's there's something there. So uh, Travis Fulgham's spot on this roster is not secured. I mean, at the very most right now, he's probably your number five receiver. Outside of Jalen, uh, outside of Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, and I think Quez Watkins has probably jumped up into the top three with Greg Ward at number four, and Travis Fulgham is probably your five, and he's probably battling J.J. Ortega-Whiteside for that number five spot. Looking at the linebackers, I thought they all played really well on Thursday night. T.J. Edwards and Alex Singleton specifically stood out. Is it possible that the linebacking core could be, I don't know, somewhat good this year? That would be a big deal if the Birds are going to do a hybrid of a 4-3 and 3-4. You're going to see more linebackers, and you, that's they're going to be a big key. You know, I, I still like Sean Bradley a lot, too. I, I think he could be somebody that, that really flashes this year. So 
you know, they have weaknesses, no doubt about it. You know, playing downhill is going to be an issue for this team. Sideline to sideline, they're they're good tacklers and good run stoppers, but uh, this team's been getting gashed on runs up the middle so far here in the preseason, and uh, that is a that, that is a sore spot with with these particular linebackers. And um, you know, you can you can scheme things around that so that it's not as big a worry. Um, but the linebackers have looked good so far, and I think they, they've been a, a pleasant surprise. And, you know, everybody says linebackers don't really matter, but when you get good linebacker play, you really notice it. And the Eagles have not had good linebacker play in a number of years. Not since, really, I guess Nigel Bradham in the 2017 season was, uh, was a very productive linebacker. But before that, you know, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while since the Eagles have had really good linebacker play, so it'd be, it would be a, a nice uh, turn of events. Uh, Third-round pick Mil- Milton Williams is, I think, really flashing some good things as well, getting in the backfield quite a bit here during the summer. Had a nice game, um, forced a couple of holding penalties in the game against the Patriots. Would be nice for the Eagles to hit on another defensive end and find a replacement for Brandon Graham, who can't play forever, right? I mean, he's going to be with the team for this year and probably next year too, but... Milton Williams is a guy you would like to see get into that rotation. And, you know, the the defensive line is looking more and more like a strength every single day. So uh, that would be nice to to hit on Milton Williams there at the third-round pick from the draft this season, looking very good so far here this summer. Jalen Rager. Would love to see this guy do something in an actual game. Now, again, you have Joe Flacco and Nick Mullins throwing to you, so you can't expect a whole lot. But the one-handed catches in practice are great. I want to see some flashes in games. We, we still haven't seen that yet from him. Uh, Devontae Smith made his first start. Made uh, We saw his, his first bit of game action. A little bit of an inauspicious start for the rookie. The former Heisman ro- uh, winner had a couple of drops early on. But again, you have Joe Flacco throwing to you. He wasn't exactly getting great throws. I think more importantly than a couple of drops was the fact that he was getting separation and getting open on a regular basis. His route running is just phenomenal. And you can see the difference between what he does out there and what Jalen Rager does out there. Now, Rager has looked better on tape. He has looked better in practices. But again, we need to see it in games. Devontae Smith was already losing defenders in the game on Thursday night. and Had a couple of nice catches, uh, made some things happen. So... Again, a little bit of an inauspicious start for him, but I think overall a good game for Devontae Smith. And more importantly, his knee looks really good. So uh, that was the most important thing to see overall. And then finally, my, my last thought, Kenny Gainwell making the most out of his snaps. Eight touches for him, 44 yards and 15 snaps played on those eight touches. And, uh, you know, I, I got to say, I, he's still the rookie that I think is going to have the most impact here. I, I With Miles Sanders still having issues with drops here in the, uh, in the summer training camp, and I think Boston Scott enters as the number two, but Kenny Gainwell, I just feel like, has some flash to him and is going to overtake Boston Scott at some point here in the 2021 season. And he had a very nice uh, evening on Thursday night against the Patriots. All right, last thing for you here. It's trading season in the NFL. No, not trade deadline, but this is typically the time of year when you see teams start to assess what they have, what they don't have, and start to look to make some trades. And obviously the Eagles have a couple of players who have been in the trade rumor mill for quite a little while now. Zach Ertz, is certainly one of them, although I don't think he's going to go anywhere. Not with Tyree Jackson going down with a back injury and is going to miss about 8 to 10 weeks. I think the Eagles really need Zachers. He could provide, if he's back and healthy, could provide such a security blanket to Jalen Hurts. You you know Jalen Hurts wants to keep him around. And so hopefully, I would love to see Zach Ertz ride out his Eagles career the same way Brent Selleck did at the end of his career, but I don't think that's the way Zach Ertz wants to go out. But you could potentially see the Phillies 
discuss trade options with Zach Ertz, but I, I think now they're going to keep him and he's going to be on this team starting in week one. I think the guy you could most likely see go is Andre Dillard. The former first-round pick has clearly lost the left tackle battle with Jordan Mailata. Teams are reportedly calling about Andre Dillard. If the Eagles can get something for him, just do it. All you have to do is watch the tape to see how he gets pushed around, especially uh, you know, especially on bull rushes. Brett Toth got a lot of playing time on Thursday night. Seems to me the Eagles are getting a, trying to see whether or not Brett can be the backup left tackle uh, for Jordan Mailata. It's If you can get something for Andre Dillard, it's time to move on. And you're probably not getting any more than a fourth or a fifth round pick for him. If that's what you get, take it. Don't try to squeeze. Don't try to squeeze blood out of a rock here, Howie Roseman. Just if you get it, if you get an offer for Andre Dillard, just take it because you're not gonna. He, well, he, what's he gonna be? Your backup left tackle? That's not gonna work. If he's not gonna start, if he's not good enough to start, he needs to go someplace else. And I think another offensive lineman you could see go is Matt Pryor. I, I, and again, this is not a wait for the best offer thing. If somebody offers you something for Matt Pryor, I don't care if it's a, a warm flat soda, just do it. <laughs> just, I mean, he's, he's fine for depth. I mean, then that's okay. If you want to keep him around for depth, that's fine. But, you know, if you're going to get some offers for these guys, then then go ahead and do it. And and I think you could see the Eagles start to start to move in that direction. Maybe you, you shore up a little bit of secondary help. Maybe you need some more, you need some more, uh, uh, you know, you need some guys for uh, for special teams this year, just to kind of shore up some 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 loose areas here. Uh, maybe maybe you get a, a veteran wide receiver to kind of help this this young core out if there's somebody out there. So this is typically the time you see some trades go around here in the NFL, and we'll see whether or not the Eagles jump in as well. But they do have a, a couple of players who have reportedly interested some teams, most specifically Andre Dillard and Matt Pryor. All right, folks, look, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks to Scott Hansen once again for coming on the podcast. Folks, make sure to check out BleedingGreenNation.com every single day for the latest news and notes of everything that's going on with your football team as training camp continues and we get ready to play the third preseason game next week. Uh, We'll have all of the ins and outs, the links that you need, and the big news coming down uh, regarding your football team. And uh, don't forget to check out all of our fine podcasts podcasts on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us. We're on Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. B-G-N.